Today, we're gonna to continue in our series on community. And, uh, and you know what, it, what I love about even this morning and that the fact that it's on community and we're having Youth Sunday is that community is made up uh, of, uh, it's like a family. Community is supposed to be like family and it, it's, it's from the babies to those of us who are, are you know, a lot older and, uh, and maybe have some different needs. But community is about caring for each other, serving God together, loving each other. So let's just pray real quick and jump right into the word. Father, we thank you for your word to us today that it's always living. We pray that it would be like seeds sown into our hearts and that it would bloom and bear fruit for your glory in Jesus' name, amen. Well, our text is, is Acts chapter two and it starts with the story of 120 disciples, followers of Jesus and they're up in the upper room and they've gathered for a prayer meeting. The doors were locked and the shutters were, were the windows were shuttered and, and they were in there partly expectant and partly in fear because uh, they were afraid that the Romans would persecute them. They were afraid that they would, uh, the Pharisees would find out about their meetings because they deemed them a cult. And they had gathered in that upper room and they were seeking God together. And the Bible says that they came in one accord and, and that, that's one passion is, is a, a, probably a, a more thorough description they had unity at that moment they were they were in one accord and they were seeking God Jesus their leader had been crucified 50 days earlier and then he rose again and he spent 40 days with them preparing them for their ministry for for the launch of of the church so he had been preparing them for 40 days and, and then uh, he, had, he left the earth and he said, uh, I have a promise for you. You need to go to Jerusalem and you need to wait for this gift to come. It's the gift of the Holy Spirit. He, he is, he's like another me. Uh, he, he's of the same kind and, and he's gonna come and fill you and lead you and, and you're gonna make me known throughout all of the earth. And, and so they waited in, in humility and in expectancy. And I wanna say this is that what makes us one? What, what made them one? I think one of the things that makes them one is that, you know what they had in common? They all failed. They all failed Christ. They came to a place of brokenness. I mean, Peter said, you know, I'll never deny you. And he denied him three times. All of them had failed. Even John, if there's another scripture that, I, that says that even John who was at the feet, he still hidden and ran at, at one point. So they all had failed. They all realized that in their own strength, in their own power, they couldn't serve this king. They couldn't serve the Messiah. But it wasn't long before his, it was just a few weeks before his crucifixion where they were arguing over who would be the greatest and who would get to sit at his right hand. And, and so they were, they, I mean, that was their discussion. And, and they were at the upper room and they were having the, the last supper with Jesus. And, and they didn't even get the fact that they were so supposed to love each other and serve each other. And Jesus had to get the towel and model it for him. I mean, that was just a day before he was crucified. But now here they are in one accord. They're not arguing over who's the greatest. They were saying more like, it's not me. You know who the greatest is? They all came to the conclusion the greatest was Jesus. 
The greatest was Jesus. He's the one that didn't fail. He's the one that kept his promises. And he's the one that rose again from the dead. And so they waited in expectancy saying, he's, he's going to give this gift. And, but they didn't know when. And as they were in this broken place, you know, by the way, if you want to get filled, you have to be empty. And they were emptied of themselves and they were ready to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit came like a mighty rushing wind. And you can read that story in Acts chapter two. It was the sound of a, of, of a, of a, of a gale. If you've ever been in a, in a powerful windstorm, they just could hear the noise and it built in the room. And all of a sudden in the midst, what appeared was a, was a, a fire. And then it broke off into, into tongues of fire like candles and was on each other's heads. And they were, look, can you imagine there were 120 and everyone's hair was on fire. It was just burning right above them. And, and, and all of a sudden, the church was born. The, the, the church became a body. They were knit together with a common life, the life of Christ now that lived within them through the power of the Holy Spirit. They, they were in one accord, filled with the Spirit. The fire consumed them and the, their self-interest and self-importance was evaporated in that heat and they became all about Jesus, a single purpose. We need to glorify this one who saved us, who filled us, who made us right in his sight and who lives in our midst. And so they began uh, to, to, to start the church. The church was birthed that day. It became a body, it became a family and it became a temple is what the scripture says. And they had one language. They began to speak in, in, in other tongues. And the word tongues there just means languages. Uh, it's a, a translation from the King James. And, um, you know, if you watch an old cowboy movie, they, they might come up and say, you speak with forked tongue or what tongue do you speak? You know, and it just, it just simply means language. It's not a mystery. It, uh, it, it, it's that they began to declare the works of God in other people's language. Languages that they couldn't speak. It was a supernatural event. And all of a sudden, these Galileans started to proclaim. Uh, they started to proclaim the works of God and the purpose of God and the plan of God in, in Greek and in Cretan and in, uh, in, in Arabic. And uh, people who had unlearned languages, people who they had never studied those languages. And, but they began to declare the works of God. And a temple was, was birthed, a temple for God's dwelling. And so today, I want to talk about going from a tower to a, a temple. And we have to go back and look at a backstory to find out about the tower. So let's look at the tower. This tower, this story our, is, is, uh, is our tower, his temple is how I would phrase it. We build towers, God builds a temple. He's got one temple. And our tower starts in Genesis chapter 11. And this is what happens. This is right after the flood and, and uh, uh, Noah had three sons and, and they were married and they had uh, children. And as they began to multiply and fill the earth, like God had said, they began to move around. And so there was one group of folks that moved to the east and they spoke uh, a common language. Everybody in, at that time in the world spoke one language. And it says, now the whole earth had come, uh, they had, had one language and one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they had found a plain in the land of Shinar. And they dwelt there. And then they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. 
and they had bricks for stones and they had asphalt for mortar and they said, come, let us, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in heaven. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. And so they built a city and built this tower in the midst. This is a picture of, a, of the remains of a tower. Uh, Saddam uh, rebuilt this uh, under his, when he was the dictator of Iraq. But uh, this, is, this is an old ziggurat. They were, used to call them ziggurats. And they were buildings that were like stepped pyramids. And they, were, they had decided that on that design that they would build these stepped pyramids and they'd reach to the sky. And the purpose of it was to make a name for themselves. And the word there is like make the name for ourselves. They wanted to be God. We're, we're gonna be like God. And, and so it was a prideful thing. It was an act of pride, but it's also an act of protection because they didn't wanna be scattered. They said, people will see how powerful and mighty we are and they'll see that what engineering feat we've done and they will fear us and they won't scatter us, they won't attack us. And, and also that, that we can take pride in this and this will unify us. And as they did have a common language, but uniformity doesn't make unity. It's just temporary, it's, it's surface. But that's what they did. And it's interesting because as, as uh, we'll see just in a minute how God dealt with this, when you leave God out, you're in trouble. But man did scatter around and, and you'll see in all cultures, you'll see these stepped pyramids and, and that they were just reproducing when they scattered with their own language. They went to other, they moved out and they began to move and they tried to rebuild that tower and, 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 uh, and worship their God, uh, whichever God that was. And it was really about themselves. So the problem is with, with, with towers is that we do, we do build towers for two reasons. We build them primarily out of pride. Look what we've done, look what we've accomplished and out of protection, at least we be attacked or scattered. There's a, a certain measure of unity that we can have when, when there's pride. Um, uh, I've gone to, uh, since it's youth Sunday, go, for, go to Leesville High School. Everybody's got the green shirts on, they're the Leesville loonies and, and they're, they're unified. They're unified on the sidelines, they're cheering and they're shouting and there's a unity that they have because we're, we're the, they're the lions, right? Are they the lions? Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, the pride, the pride. Okay, I was the lions when I was, uh, grew up in my high school. So they're the pride. Uh, which is a pride of lions. Anyway, it's interesting that they're the pride. That fits perfectly into the message. Uh, they were the pride. Uh, so, but, but, and then I'm not knocking, Le we could, uh, this is not aimed at a per, I'm not knocking, not tearing down towers. Well, I'm tearing down towers, but I'm not tearing down uh, uh, schools, <laughs> but it, it's like, or state or Carolina or, or the U.S. or wh whatever it is, but we build up these towers and we talk about how, how wonderful we are and how great we are. And there's a unity around that, but, but the unity that they have in the stands, I don't think they have that unity in the hallways. And the unity that we have sometimes, you know, at a game, we don't necessarily have at the hallway, in the hallways of, of, our, of our schools. So there's a, there's a pride that brings temporary unity. There's also protection. You know, when you have a common enemy, that also pulls people together. 9-11, when we were attacked, the country became one. 
It was an amazing thing because it didn't matter if you were Democrat or Republican. It didn't matter what, what uh, side you were on, liberal or, or, or conservative, rich or poor. We pulled together because we had a common enemy. And so when you have a common enemy, that also can bring unity. But again, it's, it's temporary because when the perceived enemy is, or the threat is not there anymore, then this unity can begin. So God says, he looks down at this, at this tower building and he, he says to them that uh, he's gonna confuse their language. So he said, you're gonna leave me out so there's no, there's going to be nothing that, that you can't do. But your unity isn't based on love. It's based on pride and protection. And so you'll do evil. And what he did was it, he confused his language. Do you know that uh, our species, uh, that mankind is the only animal, uh, I mean, we're more than an animal, but we're the only beings on the earth that have different languages? We, 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 when God scattered and confused the languages, we went in different directions and we couldn't communicate anymore. Can you imagine when God struck them and, and there's no explanation for it. it, it when, when linguistics uh, go back and uh, linguists go back and look at the, the language and the origin of language and they watch and they look out how it moved out and changed and, and it, 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 there's really no explanation for why people scattered and began to speak other languages. And the reason why there's no explanation is it was a supernatural event. God struck them and people started speaking Chinese and people started speaking uh, English and people started speaking German and, and Portuguese and, and uh, can you, it, it, Spanish and, and uh, uh, Dutch. Got, I'm check, looking around, you know. And, and it's amazing that and people began to speak these languages and they began to separate and form families based on that. And, and uh, on they went. It's interesting that in other, in other languages, there are common things. Like in Chinese, the, the, the symbol for the, for the ark or the, or the flood, uh, or for a boat, actually the symbol for a boat is eight, eight faces on a boat is the symbol for the flood. And there were eight people on the boat. I mean, it's, a, it's a, amazing. Uh, so there, there's commonality. Uh, the, in, in Chinese, one of the characters for righteousness is a, is, is a person covered by a lamb. I mean, you go, where did that come from? Hey, let's make a symbol up for righteousness. How about a lamb over a man? That sounds good to me. Somehow... These languages were all, they came from God and they were tied together. It's a, it's, it's a miracle. But the problem is, is that that tower, when we build those towers and we leave God out, mankind can't hold together. I look at this, at, at our nation right now and I see such division and there's division in homes and there's, there's divisions in, in, in politics and uh, there's, there's all kind of division between rich and poor and the haves and the have-nots and, and, and God wants to heal our land. But the way he does it is he begins with the church, his people, and he builds a temple that can be like a city or a light set on a hill that people can see that that is what we're supposed to be. We're to model what God wants and, and to look like what God wants. And so there's, there's um, I'm going to talk about the, these reasons to build uh, for just a minute, these reasons and how, or how we build our own 
temples. Let's look at uh, the towers that we built, not temples, but the towers. Let's look at the towers we built. We often build uh, towers based on performance. Like we build towers on, on, on sports or, or titles or appearance or careers or education. We, we build on what we do and then instead of who we are. And it comes natural in our culture, particularly in our culture. I, I, my son ran track and, and um, you know, I'd root, root uh, uh, for him and, and sit in the stands, go to the meets. And, and I was really, he really did well and he was very successful and he, he went on to college and did, did well, had a good career in it. But we, I would root for him and it's a great job when, you, when, when he'd run. And, and, uh, but then did I ever compliment him on being a great man? being an honest man, being a good man, being a kind man, or did I just praise him when he won a race? Now, I knew better, so I praised him for who he, who he was. And when he did something that wasn't in line, I'd say, that's not who you are. And so I wanted to develop him because running sports, all of those exterior things that we can build a tower around and try to make a name for ourselves, say my name is, I'm the track star, I'm the, I'm the uh, doctor, I'm the whatever, it, you, I'm the beauty queen, whatever it is, I'm the cheerleader, I'm the whatever. If you've identified with any of those things, every one of those things fade. Every one of those things is temporal, but who you are lasts eternity. Who you are is eternal. And, and so what matters is the kind of person that God wants you to be. We build on on all kinds of external things. And then, and, and, and that's to make a name for ourselves, but that's not our name. Our name is to be Christians, to be Christ-like. That's who we are. That's who we're called to be. And then the other thing is that protection, you know, when, like Zoe, I didn't know she was gonna give that testimony this morning, but she talked about being alone. Well, you know, she's a great volleyball player and she, I think she gets good grades. Um, she's got great grandparents. Um, she's got great parents no, and she's in the church and here she is saying I felt all alone and, 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 you, and you think well so what is that why do we feel alone why do we feel isolated why, why don't we feel connected um, and loved and accepted in our culture and I, I believe that it, it is, it is uh, the disease of our culture is self-centeredness that everybody is more about themselves and, and, and rather than in the lifting up or caring for someone else. Uh, uh, Alina, uh, where is Alina? Alina, come on up. Alina's gonna read a poem to us that she wrote. Alina is over at North uh, Raleigh Christian Academy. Let's see, let me grab this. Uh, you got one? Okay. White in the middle, okay. Go ahead. And this is, so uh, she goes to North Raleigh Christian Academy and she wrote this out of her heart. It's the most amazing poem, but I want you to, to capture, she's talking about uh, uh, life, her life. And so go ahead. Yeah. A girl is, okay, sorry. A girl is questioning the purpose of life. Memories are stabbing her heart with a knife, sitting on the edge of a cliff, legs hanging. For her, it's all torture. Her thoughts keep banging. The view is perfect, the sun is given up. She's afraid to face life as a growing up. The fog covers landscape, better not to see, cause all she wants is to finally feel free. 
She turns around, sees a man walking to her. He takes a seat nearby. She stares, says, sir, his hair is gray, but he is barely 40. He asks, why are you here? And what is your story? You won't like my story. There is not much to tell. Sometimes I do feel like I'm going through hell. I'm trying so hard, but I keep getting hurt. And now I think that I'm nothing but dirt. He replies, look around and tell me who you see. She looks behind. There are those who hurt me. There's the boy I loved. He showed me only hate. And there are so-called friends who could not relate. There are those kids who made fun of me younger, those who broke me to satisfy their hunger. Man asks, so what is holding you then, my child? But after this question, he no longer smiled. She turns around again, but now she sees there all those who want her, all those in despair. Her parents crying, keep praying day and night. There's the girl she knows that takes the same fight. There are her uh, friends who need her to be alive, those who won't let go, who want her to survive. Hot tears roll down her cheeks. She covers up her face. When she looks up again, she's alone in the same place. If you're on the edge of a cliff, uh, legs hanging, if for you it's all torture, thoughts keep banging, there's always someone who won't let you go. But if there is no one, then please let me know. Awesome. That's so awesome. Yeah, that's so profound. And she took what she's experienced and said, I'm here for you. And that's what the heart of Christianity is. It's taking the love and the forgiveness and all that we've received from him and offering it to someone else who was where we were. God is is. It's tearing down towers, towers that we hide behind, walls that we, we escape behind, and, and he's connecting hearts. So let's go to his temple. It's our, our tower, but he wants to build us into his temple. His temple, it was built, we just, I told you the story, that this is the scripture. It says, when the day of Pentecost had come, the word Pentecost just means 50 days, and so 50 days, uh, had passed since the crucifixion and they were all in one accord in one place and suddenly there came the sound from heaven uh, as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and sat upon each of them. And they began to be filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues or other languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and they were confused because everyone heard them speaking in his own language. They were saying, how can this be? How are they speaking and declaring the works of God when they don't know my language? You know what, God began to build that temple and the common language that he has for us is the language of love. One day, it actually says in the millennium, he'll restore a perfect language. And uh, some people speculate, we'll all be speaking Hebrew. Well, uh, that'll be a supernatural event because I don't know Hebrew and uh, that'll be amazing. Um, looking forward to it. We don't know what will happen in the millennium, what we'll speak, but that's one speculation. But we will speak a common language one day again. But until then, what, you know what the real common language is? It's the common language of love. 
It's the language of love. I brought in this Lego set. Um, I was tempted to scatter them around so that you'd find them with your feet, but uh, I wouldn't, <laughs> didn't do that. But um, the uh, Legos, you know, this is just all these different colors just represent the temple that, um, that God is building. I asked Grace to build this, and uh, she worked on it a little bit and then left. But let me give you the scripture. Um, this is the scripture. Ephesians chapter 2, it's the, it's the revelation of the church. Jesus Christ himself, he's the chief cornerstone. Now, the cornerstone is at the bottom down here, but I'm going to hold it up here. He's the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. When I, this little Lego temple... Uh, this is, represents the temple of Christ. Here's what we do. When we build our own towers, we say, I'm the cornerstone. We make ourselves, I'm gonna make a name for myself. And so we become the, the cornerstone. It becomes about us. And when it's about us, it's never true. And it's never about love. Because we can't align ourselves. There, do you know every one of us is a little off? Just a little. Some more than others, but... We're all a little off true, true north. And, 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 and because of that, as we build, we can get so far and then it collapses. And you see that. You'll see people in high places and mighty places and great achievements, but you'll see the collapse. And, and, and they just end up in, in ruins. And, and you think, how did that happen? Well, if you build a name for yourself at some point, there'll be a collapse. It might, it might not be a... I mean, it, I know there might be a singer that's gone through a terrible divorce or, or his kids don't speak to him anymore. I mean, and he still could have a career. I mean, you can go a long way. But if it's a name for yourself, there's a time when there'll be brokenness and disaster. And, but so what God said was, hey, listen, that, that building that tower for yourself, for, for your name or for your protection, isn't going to bring life. It's going to bring death. And I can't fill that place. And so through the power of the Holy Spirit, he said, I'm going to fill each one of you. And the Holy Spirit comes to live within us. And now we have the ability and the potential to become Christ-like. And he, Jesus himself, is our cornerstone. And the cornerstone is set down here in the foundation. And what the cornerstone does is it, it is actually plumb with truth. I want you to think about truth. You know, Again, people say, well, you have your truth. No, there's one truth and it's God. God has the truth. Uh, we all have part of the truth, but God has the perfect truth. And so the only way I can know perfect truth is to know him. And so he is perfectly uh, in line and a plumb with, with heaven. And so I look at this and I say, he's perfectly plumbed. We can build off of that. And the boundaries are, are love. He doesn't do anything out of the boundary of love. So the love is at the heart and truth is the alignment, and that sets the temple. And so now, each one of us is different, we're unique, we, we have different shapes and, and sizes and purposes, but we come together with one purpose. And unity now is built based on a genuine self-sacrifice and love for one another. So it's built on love for one another, and it's built on truth, we wanna become like him. And so when we walk together and we don't look like him, we say, you know, I'm not looking like him today. What do I need to adjust? Not what do you need to adjust, but what do I need to adjust? How do I look more like him? 
How do I change and let him transform? And because I can because of the Holy Spirit that dwells within me. He's the cornerstone. So let's talk about for just a minute. Uh, you know what, by the way, in this situation, you're unified by purpose. Let's, let's look at uh, how we take this trip. So I want you in this, this, in these closing moments just to take a trip. Take a trip from, from going from a tower, our tower, to his temple. Here's some reasons why. The first reason to take the trip is because it's an answer to Jesus' prayer. When Jesus was about ready to go to the cross, 24 hours before that, he was meeting in the upper room with his disciples. And this is one of the things he said. He, he prayed a prayer, and it's called the priestly prayer. It's in uh, John 17 is where it's recorded. And he says things like this. He says he's praying for his disciples, and he's praying for those who are to come after him. And he says, now I am no longer uh, in this world. He's getting ready to leave. He said, but these are in the world. He's praying to the Father. Father, these are in the world. They're going to have to stay in this fallen culture. And I come to you, Holy Father, keep them through your name, those whom you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. He's praying to the Father. He says, Father, oh, we're one. I pray you'll make them one. Keep them in the midst of this fallen culture. It's, it, it's, it's like the Tower of Babylon, it, or Babel. It's, it's, it's like that tower, and they live in this fallen culture where people are building towers and names for themselves, and they're protecting themselves. But I pray you'll make them so one like we're one. And then he goes on in verse 21, he says, he says, for they all may be one as you, Father, are in me, and I'm in you that they may also be one in us, that the world may believe that you've sent me. If they could just love each other and be one, people will experience that kingdom culture and they'll be drawn to me. And then he goes on in verse 22 and three, he says, and the, that the glory that you've given me, I have given, to, given them. In other words, the very nature, the glory, the word glory means nature. The nature of God is his glory. His very character, his very essence is his glory. And he says, I've given them my glory. That means he put his Holy Spirit in us. So his nature comes out of us when we're filled with his spirit. When we're filled with his spirit, when you, when, and you know what you're filled with? When you get jostled, what comes out? And he says, he says I've given them your glory that they may be one just as we are one. Again, he's praying this. He prays it over and over again. Father, just like we're one, I want them to be one. I and them and you and me, that they may be made perfect in one, in oneness, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as, I, as you have loved me. It's amazing. He wants us to be one. And so you can ask yourself, do you want to help Jesus answer his prayer? You get to be a part by saying, yes, I want to be one. I want to be in a body of Christ, and I want to learn how to live with one another and, and love one another as Christ loves. You can be a part of fulfilling Jesus' prayer. You can be an answer to his prayer. And then to know the presence. In Psalm 133, when we're one, it says that, that, it, uh, that God commands a blessing at that place. He actually commands a blessing when there's unity. Isn't, and the, the Psalm 133 says, behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. 
how, how morally good and how socially pleasant it is when we dwell together in, in unity, when we really love one another. It says that it's in that place of real unity is when the Holy Spirit begins to run down upon the beard, uh, the head and the beard of the, the anointing oil upon the beard of, of Aaron. He was the high priest, but we're priests and the Holy Spirit will flow when we're one with one another, when there's unity. Have you ever gone into a home and, and there's, you know that they just had a fight before you got there? And you just sense the tension. Honey, would you get the dishes and put the, you know, and you, whoa. You know, you just, it's, it's, it's in the tone, it's in the air, it's in the atmosphere, you just feel it. Well, we've all been on both sides of that. Um, and, 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 and it doesn't flow. It's not full of grace. It's not full of glory. So we want the Lord to say, I don't want to be the standard. I want Jesus to be the standard. I want his presence. And it says that he commands a blessing. And so when we become one, he, he will bless it. And then we receive power. The power is the power of the Holy Spirit in us to be able to be like Christ. And then lastly, to discover my purpose. We become one when we discover our purpose. And in this Lego set here, there's, you know, there's different colors, a few different shapes. Uh, each one has a purpose, they, but they're all connected. They're all interlocked. And I want to say that you'll never find your purpose apart from being a part of the temple of God, the family of God. You won't find your purpose out there independent. You might find a career, you might find fame, you might find fortune, but you won't find your purpose because your purpose is greater than that. Your purpose is to be like Christ and to make him known. It's to know him and make him known. That's your purpose in your unique way, in your special way, the way that God has designed you. You know, purpose, when you get, you get, you move the ball forward when there's purpose. I think about a football team when they have a purpose. Their purpose is to cross the goal line. All the players are different shapes and sizes. They have different speeds. They have different abilities, different, different uh, positions that they play, but they're all facing the same way and they're moving the ball forward. There's unity among them. When there's disunity, it's really bad. Disunity, have you ever, I've seen some plays where something got really messed up. You don't see them too often, but I saw a sweep to the right and all the linemen went to the left. And all of a sudden, the running back was looking at a portrait of the other team. And it was not good. He was tackled by 11 guys. And uh, it wasn't good. So there's not, there's, when there's disunity, you, don't, you can't advance. But the way you have unity is a common purpose. And the common purpose is to know God and make him known. And then you, through that, you have peace. There's such peace. Zoe was saying, Lord, I need your peace. And when you are in part of his temple... And you're letting the Holy Spirit work. You're reading his word. Like she said, she's becoming more like him. And you know what God's going to do? God's going to give her a special friend at school. And then those two will begin to connect and they'll begin to, to really pray. And they'll begin to then reach out and include somebody else who's feeling lonely. And pretty soon they'll find out that, hey, actually, they all feel lonely. It's the truth. But the enemies kept them apart. And then they find their place and comfort in the love of God. And then lastly, is it's a place of joy. Do you want to be a part of the, the temple? The temple of God, the God, the temple that God is building. It's a temple that's filling the earth. It's a temple that's, that's made up of individuals who have become joined together. 
This week, in just a minute, we're gonna pray over the life groups. We're gonna stand and worship, but pray over the life group leaders. And, and I wanna just say that the, the Lord wants you to be connected. One of the best ways to get connected is to get joined, and the way to do that is to get into a small group. It, it's not that we're, uh, we, we just want you to give you something extra to do. It's so important to fellowship together because there we begin to talk about Jesus, the and we, we discover true north. We discover the boundaries of, in the boundaries of love, we discover truth. And we allow that truth to transform us and make us like him. And then when we meet, he comes into our midst and his glory is seen. And his anointing touches us and changes us. We have a bigger purpose than ourselves and it's to glorify him. Let's stand. Lord, I pray that no one here will feel alone. No one here will feel disconnected. But Lord, that you would join us together in your purpose. Join us together in your love. Lord, we know that that's possible only through the giving of the Holy Spirit the infilling. So Lord, we empty ourselves of, of ourselves. We say, Lord, forgive us when we've tried to build towers to ourselves, to make a name for ourselves. And come and fill us. Fill us afresh. Fresh oil. Fresh oil from heaven. Yeah, Lord. We love you. Lord, let us be joined. I pray that, Lord, we would take all those incredible gifts that you've given to us and, and the abilities and the blessings and help us to use those gifts for your glory and to minister to others and to connect others to you. Lord, build us into a, a, a church that is truly a temple, a resting place for you, a dwelling place place for you, that you would be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen.